This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer! The man is back. Hey, criminals don't follow any high-capacity magazine limits. No, they don't. Criminals aren't restricted to the guns on the California gun roster. Preach it. They also don't follow a 10-day waiting period. No, they do not. So who, why should you? Well, gun control laws just make it harder for law-abiding citizens to protect themselves. What can you do about it? Hey, join a Second Amendment activist group like San Diego County Gun Owners. Yeah. SDCGO makes activism easy. Working together, we're getting more pro-gun officials elected. Join today at SanDiegoCountyGunOwners.com. Go to SanDiegoCountyGunOwners.com and join today join today everybody yeah. um we're well over three thousand members and growing and we're we over have three thousand over three i think we're closing in on 3200 jeez louise by the way i got a cute story so this buddy of mine lives here in san diego he went to tennessee yeah. to work with um uh work with uh, nissan yeah and he goes hey dave he says what's it take to get a gun out here and i told him and he goes oh i said what's it take to get a gun in tennessee well, first you go in the store, <laughs> then you pick out a gun, then you give them your driver's license, and you give them the money, yeah. and you leave. Fifteen minutes later, you're out the door <laughs> after a Instagram background check. So I just so, told him I hated him. <clears throat> and I says, and if Glock decides to change a gun to purple, then we have to take three off the roster to get that antiquated gun on the roster. Well, if if we can even get it on. Well, if they yeah. even allow it. Yeah. If they're even uh, able to get it on, which, you know, with that stupid micro stamp right. doesn't exist, they're not even able to do that. Oh, my gosh. So, help us join today. Help yeah. us fight all this stuff. And then, of course, come to Gun Prom. It's going to be a hoot. Dude, Gun Prom's right around the corner, everybody. It's like a month away. So, go to gunprom.com. Get your tickets. Just 99 bucks. Um my wife's selling puppies this weekend, so I'll be able to pay you. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm going to make her pay me. You're, what are they, wiener dogs? Uh, doc, uh, no, Roddy's. Roddy's? Oh, they're amazing. He's, he's got, they're, they're something, they're they're possessed. You what? put the dish down, yeah. and five of them, if you're in the area, they'll eat just you. Just get out of the way. Oh, I've never seen anything like it. It's so. like, yeah, they'll just, they'll just mow, you, mow you down. Yep. They'll step over your... Your your dead body oh to get God. to their puppy chow and buy a table too, folks. If you because that way you can invite people to the party that maybe have never been or don't know anything about guns or would like to know about guns. I think yeah. the table idea is the best idea. It is the wine table. It's eight people. You just get seven of your friends. Everybody pitches in. You get a better table. You get wine with your meal. Or if you go to a champagne table, so the wine table sixteen hundred bucks for eight. A champagne table is three thousand dollars for eight, but that three thousand dollars you get five thousand dollars. You get a five thousand dollar raffle ticket package with that. You told me you only got eight tickets. You no, know, you get eight seats, 
Yeah. But you get a you get a five thousand dollar raffle ticket package. Now you tell me with the with the champagne table. Yeah. So I already beat you up on the price on the champagne table. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go. All right, that's cool. Because <laughs> I'm just gonna give tickets to all the guests. There you go. You know, as a bonus, I'm not charging anybody. I'm just gonna. Yeah. I just want to do it because we got to get more and more people. Yep. To these parties. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and we're, 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 yes, and it's just, it's a good time, it's a good cause, it's a lot of fun, there's going to be a lot of elected officials and yeah. community leaders, you can be speakers there, and it'll be a lot of fun. So, go to gunprom.com, buy your ticket, help organize a table, or just buy your individual tickets, Right. and it's nice enough, you can, this is date night, guys, so yeah. bring, bring your wife, Yeah. It's a, it's a nice enough event. Dress as you like. Dress as you like, or dress up, yeah. either or. So just as, dress. As a, yeah, just make sure you're dressed. <laughs> just make sure you got clothes on. <laughs> Either dress as you like or dress up. Yeah, <laughs> can't exactly. can't do both. Can't do both <laughs> exactly. And by the way, congratulations on the voter guide. I used it. Good, because I'm here to tell you, dude. That I've also got the big one, and yeah. I don't know anybody. Yeah, we. Uh, it's kind of funny. I picked up a bunch of voter guides uh, last week uh, from our from our printer, and uh, we have posters. If you go to a couple of the gun shops, you'll see posters with our voter guide in there. Um, and, uh, the printer's like, here, I'll, I'll help you out. Cause I had a couple boxes. I'll help you, help you out to the car. And he's like, uh, this is just our printer. He's like, yeah, I voted for so-and-so and them in this guy's district. And I voted for Kelly Martinez for sheriff. Yeah, I did too. And he's like, you know, where do I, uh, you know, where, where can I go do some shooting outdoors? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. All in the same breath. Hey, and, hey it, uh, Dave, did you get your mail-in ballot? Yeah. No? Yeah. Guess what I did with mine immediately when I grabbed it this you week? You ate it. Nope. I immediately <laughs> went to the shredder. Zzz, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to vote in person every single time because I, I think don't you're trust su- this. But I think you have to use that guide. Or oh, that, I do? Yeah, you do. That uh, ballot. Well, whoopsies. But you can get well, that, That's ballot. okay. No, no, no. Yeah, just go down to the register of voters. office. Yeah. Tell them your dog ate your ballot. Exactly. <laughs> and they'll get you another it's one. Gonna be, um, now, it's going to be a provisional ballot, but all that means is that they're going to count it at, at the end. Right. Gotcha. Well, okay. Do, yeah. you think, do you think that the, the, the voting is going to be because everybody's looking so hard and so deep? Yeah. I mean, on this show, we had an expert, and the guy's telling us, look, you know, the, the bigger danger is people not voting because they don't think it's yeah. legit. Well, I know you don't I, like that. Well, but it's you, but I know you and I arm wrestle over this. We do arm wrestle over it. I mean, I I, I, I agree. Vote the, be, the 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 most corrupt thing they're doing is convincing people to not vote. You know, so and, vote, vote, vote. Well, and you know, I got to thinking about our little battle that we had. Yeah, and then I thought, okay, well, I hate it when tw- we fight. Dave. I fight you too. In twenty twenty, <laughs> yeah, but making up is so much fun. But in twenty twenty, they only really showed two or three states that were doing shady things out of all 50 states well in, in california if it was rampant i mean honestly in california they don't have to do shady things to win no, that's so we're so outnumbered that's why we need every single person to vote yeah. if every single person voted if all gun owners voted for gun people for mm-hmm. gun candidates, we we would we would win every time yeah i think you're we absolutely would win right. every time by well, the way coming up on the show tj johnston is is a uh he, a guy's a legend oh, in, yeah. in in orange county he's a trainer he's been around for forever and he's going to talk about who to vote for for judges that's one thing that's san diego county gun owners orange county gun owners inland empire we can't we don't endorse judges uh, that's why that wasn't on the sheet yes I was looking for, okay I so gotcha. he, tj's going to talk about it now most of the folks he's going to talk about are Orange County, but we're going to get some really good information for all you Orange County listeners on uh, who TJ thinks you should vote 
for for judge. Mm-hmm. We're also going to talk to Kelly Martinez, the endorsed candidate for sheriff by oh, San Diego County Governors. Good, good. A couple good. of segments. So we're going to talk to Kelly all about. Uh, I'm sure I'm I'm positive we're going to talk about CCWs. I think so. That might come up in the conversation, mm-hmm. and we're going to interview her. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That's awesome. Yeah, and then of course Dan Woes. We have a long time. Friend of the show, we're going to talk to him about, uh, I think we're talking to him about ghost guns. Oh, yeah, ghost guns. Which is guns. scary. I Ooh. know. I get my, my knees start knocking when I think about a ghost gun. <laughs> but it was Friday the 13th, so I figure that fits. I know. Trust me about it. But you know what? Hey, Friday the 13th is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. And also, one more thing you got to know before we go to a commercial break is Assemblyman Levine changed. Um, it's uh, Bill 1227. It was a solar, it had to do with solar power, the bill did, um, and he gutted it and changed it to a 10% tax on guns and ammunition. Really? Yep, and all that money, that 10% that they're charging is going to go to some anti-gun. But it still says solar? No, but they changed the name, but they got it introduced as like this solar bill i don't know promoting solar panels did you listen to newsom the other day talking about his his budget and all the things he's gonna do no what's he gonna do <laughs> with my money yeah trust me yeah um mark larson was on KUSI this morning yeah talking about it you know i mean it's, it's did, did you see you know there's a did you see the huge surplus yes that's that's that, you know that's about twenty eight hundred dollars per person man woman child yes. in california twenty eight hundred dollars they ch- overcharged us I know, and he's happy about it. I want it. to give it back. He's bragging about it. He give me it it's back. A, oh. All right. All right, we're going to take a little break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. <laughs> Folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. By the way, when you're waving your hand, yeah, that's like the bus is ready to leave. Yeah. The driver has not got behind the wheel yet. Oh, oh gotcha. That's where it was going. All right, go for TJ it. TJ Johnson has been working to empower people to take charge of their lives for years. We're going to talk to him about who to vote for for judge next. But if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call California firearm lawyer John Dillon, especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150, or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. Okay, so T.J. Johnston is the owner and operator of all safe defense systems up in Orange County, and uh, the, he's been a, an enormous Second Amendment leader in Southern California and all of California, really, for decades. Um, I mean, he you know served on. Well, we're going to talk to him more about how. Um, but if anyone knows who to vote for for judge, it's T.J. This guy's been around for forever, and he's been working on your Second Amendment rights, defending them, expanding them, preserving them out of Orange County for the longest time, and it truly is an honor to have him on the show. TJ, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. I appreciate the endorsement. Yeah, thank you for being on. i I, I got to tell you, I, talk a little bit about 
your your background because it is enormously impressive. Well, I'm just long lived. That's all. I'm just old. Uh, <laughs> right on. I, I was concerned. I was concerned when uh, California passed the Liberty vs. Assault Weapons Control Act in 1989. So I formed a local chapter called the Gun Owners Action Committee. We lobbied to make sure that the uh, the legislators in Orange County would no longer vote against the Second Amendment. Uh, and I was concerned that the NRA wasn't there. So I ran for the board in 91, lost. Ran again in 92, lost. Ran again in 93, and finally won a seat on the board of directors to try to get the NRA more active in the grassroots arena. And at the same time, I was an NRA instructor, and I tried to modify the education training programs of the NRA to make them a little more practical, especially for home defense. So on the board, I, I worked hard to get what we called NRA chapters, which became the NRA member councils under the direction of Ed Worley and Paul Payne. So we formed local chapters around the around the state and it was reasonably successful, but uh, eventually it lost steam. And I'm appreciating what Michael Schwartz is doing with the county gun owners in every county. He's doing a great job of getting gun owners together and trying to get people active because that's what it's going to take to win back our Second Amendment rights. I appreciate you saying that. It's definitely part of what, what it's going to take, and I appreciate everything that you've, you've done, TJ. Um, there was a time, basically, that uh, if you wanted to do anything, you know, be any kind of instructor for firearms uh, across the board, um, if you asked around, you know, and said, hey, I want to become a whatever, refuse to be a victim or pistol or whatever, you know, what do I do? Everybody, you got to go TJ. TJ's the guy. Got to go see TJ. I mean, you were really, truly um, running the state for a while. Um, how, did you, how, did, how did you get to that position? I know you worked hard to help other people uh, or enable other people to to be instructors of instructors as well, right? Yeah, well, in 86, I became an instructor because I, I wanted to teach professionally and take money from people. So I, I became an NRA certified instructor in personal protection and found out the program was sadly lacking. I thought it was not really conversant to teaching people how to fight with a gun, which is what self-defense is all about. And it, it, so, when you when you say that, it was what was it? Was it more of a kind of a uh, like a hunting emphasis, or what? What was? No. Well, I, I think you agree that our lives are run by risk management lawyers. <laughs> In fact, that's what the NRA program was. It was so sanitized that uh, you couldn't even shoot an IPSC uh, target that had uh, a head on it because they wouldn't allow headshots. Interesting. Uh, it was just really? silly. Well. Back well, then? Again, it was, it was tried, yes, it was tried to be as, as humanely civilized as possible. So wow. uh, I went on the board. I worked with a gentleman by the name of Jeff Cooper, who ran gun sight, front sight. He, his modern pistol technique is known worldwide. And I got him to work with a police officer by the name of Leroy Pyle. So we rewrote the person protection courses. And the owner came out with these in the year 2000 for person protection inside the home, which is self-defense with a handgun and personal protection outside the home, which is the most comprehensive concealed carry class in the United States. So I'm very proud of those two courses because they are real. They teach people how to use a handgun effectively. The next thing I'm working on is get the NRA to produce a defensive shotgun course. Oh, wow. Right now their shotgun course is clay target shooting, which, I don't know, I've never been attacked by a little orange orb. <laughs> so I'm trying to, get, trying to get a defensive shotgun course out there. I run a defensive shotgun with all save, but it's not NRA approved. So, so the, the what you did for the NRA is now used all over the country. Yes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Understand that Jeff Cooper, Leroy Pond, and I wrote the the lesson plan. Then the NRA took it back and sanitized it. Instead of Jeff Cooper's color codes of white, yellow, orange, and red, 
they had named it aware, un- unaware, aware alert and alarm. So they, they sanitized it somewhat. But it, the core course is still uh, you can see Jeff Cooper through it. And and Colonel Cooper is he was originally from California, right? Is that how you, how did you guys know each other? Yes. Yeah, well, he, uh, he ran a program called Leather Slap Up at Big Bear. I don't know if anybody's old enough to remember Gunsmoke, Maverick, Bob oh, yeah. Rosa, you know, all those kind of shows. And those cowboy actors would come up and shoot with Jeff, uh, shooting one-handed. And this deputy from Los Angeles County by the name of Jack Weaver came up and kicked all their butts. And Jeff said, there's something to this. And he developed the Weaver technique of shooting with mm-hmm. two hands and a gun. Wow. And then he popularized that so that became the standard for most of law enforcement and for military. So I, I thought Jeff was an instrumental part of developing a course for the NRA. So I, again, lobbied the, the, the board president to put Jeff on the education training committee with me so, so he could work on the course. So wait, wait, wait. So before you go any further, so what, what year was that, by the way, with that Weaver and Jeff were, you know, changed things so people were, were you know, doing a two-hand? Uh, in the 70s. That was in the 70s. So before and even into the 80s, it was really, really popular, which is it's unthinkable now, but it was really, really popular. The standard was to hold a gun with one hand. Right, right. And, and yeah, that, yeah, if you look at all the law enforcement and uh, military videos for the 1911 is shooting one-handed. Isn't that amazing? I don't think people – I think uh, the majority of people – if you go to any range these days, I think the majority of people in the range were probably born, you know, after the 70s, you know? Yes, exactly, yeah. Um, and so I, I don't – I don't think people really remember. I don't think people really realize. It feels like this is how it's always been, but yeah, yeah. the 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 art of of shooting, you know, we're talking. I'm you're one of the guys that helped develop it. You know what I mean? Like it's so recent. The people that actually put all this stuff together, you know, are still around. I mean, it was just a few decades ago. It wasn't that long ago. No, no. Hang on. Let me say that Jeff Cooper developed it yep, and popularized it. I just brought it to the NRA. Un- understood. Difference. Sure. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah. But but you know, credit where credits due. You you had a lot to do with it as well. But yeah, it, it's not. It's amazing though to think about that. Just you know, within our within my lifetime, uh, they were uh, within our lifetime. They were uh, you know the the, the standard. Uh, you know, shooting stance was one-handed, you know, which now let we... Me, let me make a note now. Let me make a note that the Weaver position is becoming less popular because everybody's going to hip, uh, the isosceles position yeah. because it's a little easier. It takes less training. It's a more natural position. And you find most of your competitive shooters shoot isosceles now. I've noticed that as well. Do, is there a... Uh, it's, other than, I don't know, accuracy or, or comfort, is there, a, is there a strategic advantage to either Weaver or isosceles? Like what do you what do you, what, what do you normally teach for defensive shooting? Well, uh, again, I I train with Cooper, so I'm a Cooperite. Uh, I really advocate for the Weaver stance, but again, body armor doesn't protect the side, so the, the front plate is mm. for isosceles. So I understand. Mm-hmm. I just find the the Weaver stance to give me more support, especially with the, I shoot a 1911, so I shoot a 45, which has a little, little more recoil than your nine millimeter, which I call a 45 on stun. So it has a little more support in the Weaver stance for recoil control. I, I, I don't. Another thing I don't think people understand. I've, something I've said often is California has a very rich Second Amendment history, um, and if, if I have anything to say about it, they're going to have a very rich Second Amendment future. Um, but the the history of you know Jeff, no, I don't think a lot of people know Jeff Cooper was from California. You know, you yep. you, you help change the NRA's curriculum. You're from California. You know, all this. All these different companies are from California, headquartered in California. Some of them have moved because California became California. Um, what do you What do you think? What do we do? What do we do from here? What do we do in the future? What have you learned in the last however many decades you've been fighting the fight? What, what do you, you know? Where do we go from here? 
the most important thing I think we can do is to reach out. There's so many brand new gun owners out there who really have no idea what they're doing. Hmm. Now we've got to get them trained. We've got to get them safe. And secondly, people who are carrying concealed weapons. I, I'm so pleased that Don Barnes, our sheriff in Orange County, is issued, I think, a little over 20,000 concealed weapons permits. Isn't that great? Well, my concern is a lot of these people aren't ready to fight with a gun. Interesting. They've had a minimal experience of knowing how the gun operates, but they have no idea how to draw from concealment, how to shoot from cover, how to move and shoot, how to shoot from attention, how to shoot in low light. And those are the things we often miss CCW class with the outside the home course. So what's your advice? Uh, how do, what are they, what are they? Again, we have to reach out to the community. That's why I just yep. finished just today, just an hour ago, finished the NRA basic pistol instructor course. I have seven new instructors out there who are going to go teach people in their community how to properly own and use firearms. And that's the key. We've got to get, take our experienced shooters and have them share their experience with people who are not and make it a friendly, enjoyable course so people can have fun with guns and realize they're not dangerous implements of death, but they can be recreational, they can be um, skill development, as well as a defensive tool. And I think that'll, that, that'll be a cultural change. Oh, yeah. Which well, I think is important. Show people that guns are not negative. Well, they and I think... the image that the media's portrayed. Yeah. It, it, it really strikes me that, you know, the government doesn't want you to own a gun, but, but if they're going to let you have a gun, they don't push taking a safety course. Why don't they make a safety course like what you're talking about? Now, now, let me jump up and down and say, like, Texas has shell issue. Nobody has to get any training at all to carry a concealed weapon. But uh, there's a school in Orange County called Artemis that I highly recommend. Yeah. They have a slogan, you have the right to carry, but you have the responsibility to train. Exactly. Any, anybody who wants it to manage a gun, whether it be at home or carry it on the person, uh -huh. has the absolute responsibility to make sure it's used properly, and that takes training. Artemis is great. Do you do you do you, you go uh, do do you use Artemis much? It's a big uh, for those who don't know. Artemis has this huge uh, uh, simulator, a really really modern simulator. It's like it's almost it's like Star Trek. You know, have you have you used that a lot, TJ? Oh, not a lot. Uh, again, I send my people to Artemis. My my CCW class, everything's a shoot target at Artemis. They can change up shoot with no shoot on the fly. Yeah, and you have to make that decision. In my class, I'm sorry, there's no decisions. You see a target, your job is to get hits on it. So I really advocate that people finish my course and then quickly go to Artemis to learn how to make decisions while under penalty of death. <laughs> nice. I like that. Okay, so we have what we're going to do is that's a lot of context. I'm really glad we had to have that conversation. TJ, you are a wealth of knowledge and history, and I, I think we, we, we need to have you on more just to talk more about the, the, the everything that's going on. What we're going to do is we're going to go to a, a break. We have a lot of context now. We understand who you are. Um, and I'm really, really glad we got to introduce you to our to our listeners. And now we want you to talk about who to vote for 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 judge, right? Is that's what that's what you're prepared to talk about? I have an excellent list of people, but I'm afraid it's for Orange County. That's okay. Uh, that's we're, okay. We're, we're in Orange County too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So hang on the line. All right, we're, TJ. We're, we're going to go to a commercial real quick. Yep. We're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Well, you know, when you're looking for jewelry or fine watches, you need to go to San Diego's top jewelry shop, Leo Hamels. 
Conveniently located in the heart of San Diego, you can visit Leo's showroom at 1851 San Diego Avenue to see all their hand-picked line of new jewelry and watches. And when you buy from Leo Hamill, not only do you get the best deal, you are also supporting the Second Amendment. Support the companies that support the 2A. Call 619-299-1500, or you can just visit their showroom on San Diego Avenue and always get awesome service at Leo's. Call 619-299-1500, or you can shop by stop by their showroom at 1851 San Diego Avenue, just off the 5 Freeway. All right, we're talking to TJ Johnston from All Safe Defense Systems up in Orange County. We just had a fantastic conversation about the Second Amendment and just just barely scratched the surface on all the efforts he has made over the years that we're all very thankful for. And now what we want to talk about, TJ, is uh, now how, you, you're, you're going to give some recommendations on who to vote for for judge. And San Diego County and Orange County and Inland Empire – uh, San Diego County gun owners, I should say, Orange County gun owners, Inland Empire gun owners. We do not endorse uh, judges for for a variety of reasons. Um, so we're I'm very curious. I'm very thankful that you have uh, recommendations for folks up in Orange County. How did now? How did you come to the the conclusion? How, what, what 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 are you basing all this on? Uh, first of all, let me say it's always been a mystery to me. I, I just uh, excluded voting for judges because I never knew. Uh, but what I'm, I, hmm. once again, back to what I do, I train instructors for the NRA, and I have a team of instructors that help me teach in my classes. Mm-hmm. And one of those team members is a deputy DA mm-hmm. who works in the Orange County Courthouse on felony uh, prosecutions. So this person knows the judges. And so I asked them for a recommendation for what they considered good judges who would not prosecute or would not judge against somebody who, for example, concealed carry printed and somebody called a man with a gun, a guy got arrested. Right. That'd be thrown out of court. Right. But again, they would be aggressive about somebody who carjacks, even the gun was discharged. They would obviously, if the deputy DA asked for enhancement, the judge would follow through on that. Unlike what's going on in Los Angeles County. Yeah. So, uh, so we got a good DA in Todd Spitzer and these judges would support, um, stringent restrictions on people who misuse their firearms and be lenient for people who make a mistake. Right. Misuse like, like criminals. <laughs> hard, hard on, hard on criminals. That's yeah. That's right. Okay. Yep. So how do, you, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just go through the list? Do you want to talk about each individually or what's, what's the best way to talk about this? I don't know them personally. So what I do is tell you the office okay. district number and their name. All right. Go for it. Start and, start, and then we'll. we'll write down. Okay. And is it posted anywhere too? Like what if people want to see this later? That's an interesting question. I can. I'm wondering if I should put it on my website. Yeah, there you go. At this point, I don't know. At this point, I uh, I can check and see if I can get that on my website. Okay, all right. Because that that would be a good idea. And right, you're, so the list. Go ahead. Starts office number five, Claudia Alvarez. Office number nine, Christopher Duff. Office number eleven, Sean Nelson. He's been around for quite a while. Office number twenty-one, Aaron Rowe. R O W E. Office 22, Brahim Bayte, that's B-A-Y-T-I-E-H. Office number 20, Eric Scarborough. Office 30, Michelle Bell. Office number 33, Steve McGreevy. And office 45, Israel Clostro. Those are people that I can stand behind and say, with the deputy DA's endorsement, these will be good people. To vote for on a ballot. Good. Okay. Excellent. And and if people, you, you don't have it up yet, but people should check out your website at 
Uh, allsafedefense.com. Allsafedefense.com. And uh, do you have, a, you have a, a newsletter, right? Yes, I do. If they want my newsletter, the very bottom of my webpage, it says check here to, to get my newsletter. So especially if you – they have to check in and, and say they want it. Good. Okay. And these are all, especially if you're in Orange County, and all these judges are running in Orange County, or is there some overlap? Is there That's some? Correct. Okay. Yeah, this is Orange County, yes. So uh, go to allsafedefense.com, sign up for his newsletter, uh, maybe check it in a few days, see if he's got it posted on yeah, I'll, online. I'll it. Tomorrow I'll see if I can get it up. I'll put a link on my, my uh, homepage so people can click on it and see this list. It is really difficult. to. One of the reasons we don't uh, endorse – judges it's just really difficult there's there's some ethical uh, barriers i guess um you know it's really difficult for a judge to say or a candidate who's running for a judge to say you know, for example how they would uh rule on certain things so if you right, ask yeah. a judge like hey how would you rule on xyz case or whatever they can't tell you you know and so it's really really difficult to come to a conclusion so this type of hands-on experience and vetting that you have is is invaluable yeah i agree and it's always been a mystery to me but i've got this resource and let me see if anybody knows of a da deputy da in the local san diego office they should talk to that person and get endorsements because those deputy da's work every day with judges to know which is santa claus judges and which are the good ones it's a good idea i you know i i have a couple of uh well there's some people i know so i think it's a good idea i didn't really thought of that i'll I'll have to reach out and see what we can find for uh, Sandy. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. I can't do it under Sandy kind of gun owners, but uh, we'll have to figure something out. So what? Well, again, you send it to me. I'll publicize it. There you go. That's a good idea. Okay. Um, what? Uh, how much is uh, kind of switching? Going back to something you said before before you uh, talked about the endorsements. How much do you see people getting in trouble for printing? Very few. Uh, again. Well, let me say in my class, we emphasize that it's not a violation of law, but you will get undue attention if you do show that you're caring. It's an agreement with the sheriff department that the, the firearm will stay concealed, and that means you dress around your gun. You find clothing that conceal the gun, whether you carry appendix or strong side, uh, whatever you carry. You make sure that you have a garment that covers it. And, of course, in summer months, you've got to find smaller guns. <laughs> yeah. What, so or, or sweat, one of the two. If you, <laughs> so what? What do you mean? It's not a violation. Is printing's not a violation of the law? No. Talk, talk about that, that more. Not. Okay. So if, if indeed somebody, uh, you're reaching up for uh, the sun chips off the grocery store shelf, right. and your shirt rides up and the gun shows, and somebody sees it and calls nine one one, man with the gun. Of course, the police will respond very aggressively, and when they identify you, they'll be very aggressive you. Okay. The question is. Did you comp did you violate the law? A, an aggressive DA in Los Angeles may say that was an assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, you understand? Geez. So it, it yeah, it, it all depends how the police officer logs it, and then there's an investigation by the DA. I am concerned that Todd Spitzer will do a great job for us, but in Los Angeles County, if you're traveling from Orange County to Los Angeles County because your permit is good statewide, uh, that Gascon could be very nasty. You're, and then you have to buy, get lawyers, and it's very expensive. You're a little less convinced that it'll, it'll go your way in, in L.A. Um, but there's nothing in the penal code that says uh, displaying, having your gun shown without the intent to coerce behavior is a, is a violation of law. Here's another question that I get a lot, and it, it drives me kind of crazy. Um, the Okay, so you have a CCW, you're carrying concealed, you know, you're doing everything right. 
you go up to a store, grocery store, retail store, whatever, and they have you know a picture of a gun with a big X through it, and it says no firearms, penal code six hundred two. If you go in there, is that a violation of law? No. There's, any establishment can prohibit any weapons, knives, guns, clubs, whatever. Okay. If you violate that and they ask you to leave and you refuse, now you're uh, trespassing. You've committed a crime. Yeah. Yes. Misdemeanor trespass. But it is not a penal code violation. Uh, it's not a gun issue, shall we say. Yeah. It's, you know, basically because just because they say, hey, we don't want guns here, that doesn't carry the weight of law. They're just allowed to. Uh, they're allowed to ask you to leave like anybody. It's just, you know, they, they don't have any special rights <clears throat> you know, over you and your home. You know, if you ask somebody, hey, I really don't want you to be in here with your CCW and your carry gun, you know, that doesn't mean you can get them arrested, you know, and that's it's no different than, than at someone's personal home, someone's business. Not just because it's a business doesn't mean that it they carry spe- the special, you know, special weight of law, you know. Yes, I carried a folding knife into the. Uh- I was looking for the Apollo exhibit at the Nixon uh, library, hmm. and I was carrying a folding knife. The officer, officer said, do you have any weapons? I said, no. He said, well, and he wanted me, so what's that? So it's a knife. So that's a weapon. No, it's a, it's a box cutter. Friend. Okay. So I didn't argue about it. I took it back to my car, and it's no problem. So that's the issue is you can't stand your ground and say, it's my right, because then you can be uh, – they can arrest you for misdemeanor trespass. Right, right, right. Which you know, great. Yeah, you know, everybody. You know, I'm big, big proponent of, of property rights as well. So they have every right exactly. to ask you to leave. Exactly. And I have every right to never shop there again. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. But TJ, if if they do find the other the other part of that question though, is how do they know if they if they've yeah. found out you're carrying, you made a mistake, right? That's your fault. Yes, you want to make sure that nobody knows that you're armed. And don't be a jerk and go in there and say, I'm carrying, and you can't tell me not. I mean, you know, just. <laughs> yeah, you're just asking for trouble. Yeah, uh, something I found, though, that that's never been an issue. I think the only had uh, from Matt Cuvier from uh, Michelle's Law yep. said that there's one situation where a person was using their farm to coerce. It was, a, it was a parking issue, and the guy showed that he had a gun, and mm. he was he no longer has a permit. Let me say that. And that is uh, absolutely wrong. Um, you know, exactly. You're, you're basically threatening somebody. Um, yeah. Somebody explained it really, really well. You know who it was? It was uh, Artemis. It was um, Stephen. Steve Lieberman. Steve Lieberman explained yeah. it really, really well. That stuck with me. He said, "Look, a CC to all a CCW does is it exempts you from the transportation laws regarding a firearm." It doesn't give you special authority. It doesn't turn you into a police officer. All it does is say, okay, all these gun transportation laws that we have, you know, you have to, it has to be unloaded and locked and et cetera. It exempts you from the transportation laws. That's all a CCW does. Well put. Very well put. I thought so. That really kind of cleared it up. So now when you're like, well, hey, can I do this? Can I do that? Well, no, you're not a cop now. You're, you're just been exempt from transportation laws. That's all, you know, it helped put it into perspective for me. Exactly right. Well, TJ, this is awesome. I, I hope I would love for you to come on more. I really think that there's there are so many conversations to be had. I would love to hear more about you know the history of the Second Amendment and fighting. I should say the history of fighting to preserve the Second Amendment, which you are front and center for. Um, there's something I've always wanted to talk to you about. Back in the uh, early '90s, when during the riots, um, you, you were front and center for for uh, for some of that. Let's say. Um, oh yeah. And I would love, there's so many conversations to be had. I'm so honored that you're on the show, TJ. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for the uh, recommendations. 
and everybody go to allsafedefense.com. Uh, take classes from TJ. Check out his recommendations. Thank you so much. All right, folks. Hey, we make fighting for the Second Amendment easy, so stay tuned for more Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. folks welcome back to gun owners radio fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer you know my friend was bragging that his new 3d printer can print a gun but i'm not really impressed dave because mm-hmm. i've had a canon printer for years <laughs> yeah. more, more talk on homemade guns with dan woes next i had a canon and mine wouldn't print either. <laughs> you are a cannon, my friend. I am a cannon. And by the way, good job last week. Thank you. I was out playing in the desert, got a lot of good compliments. I was glad to see the key still turned in the door. Yeah. What are you talking about? Look, you. Good job on the when show? You hosted, yeah. It's, I find out your job over there on that side of the desk is harder than I, <laughs> than I thought. You got to. You got to crowd. You, you got to you got to corral the cats. Yeah, the gotta, saying, that's yeah. right. You got to coordinate. But I'm glad you got Mother's Day off, Dave. Yeah, I went to the desert. They <laughs> nice. went down Diablo Drop. Diablo Drop. Wow. Yeah, went, what were we, you in? I was GMC Sierra. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Anyway, hey, folks, does it take too long or too much time to clean your guns? Well, clean lube and protect your guns faster with Seal One. Seal One CLP Plus is natural, non toxic, and environmentally friendly. Clean your guns easier, faster. You'll smell better, too something that moms will appreciate one and done with seal one ask for it by name at your local gun shop or get some on their website seal1.com that's seal the number one dot com all right our next guest dan woes author of good gun bad guy and the second amendment advocate Oh, and and Second Amendment author of Good Gun, but see, it is tough, Dave. I'm telling you, and you're Radio's, on that side. <laughs> Radio's not for the faint of heart. Faint of heart. Author of Good Guy, Bad Gun, and he's a Second Amendment advocate. Uh, Dan Wos, how you doing, Dan? Good. How are you guys? What's going on over there on the West Coast? Well, we're struggling, I'm, but we're doing fine. Yeah, I'm learning how to read right here live on the show. Hey, well, if you don't mind, I'll correct you on that. It's Good Gun, Bad Guy. Good gun. I, I, you know, it's written correctly, and I just didn't read it correctly. Oh, my gosh. See, so I don't want to hear nothing when I screw up a commercial. Good gun, bad guy. Tell uh, Real quick, Tell how do people find that book? Uh, goodgunbadguy.com. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's smart. Difficult. <laughs> so how you doing, man? You're, you've been on the show. Easy. Yeah, oh, I'm doing, doing great. Good. There's a lot of stuff going on, and... Oh, man. I, oh, I just got back from Rock the Red, so I spoke at, at the big uh, Freedom event with uh, Mike Lindell, Lara Trump, and uh, Roger Stone, so that was a lot of fun. Wow. In South Carolina. And, uh, what, was the, what, talk, talk, what was the purpose? What was going on there? It was really, you know, really just a, 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 a Freedom uh, conference, really. It was fantastic because we had people from all over the country, people from all over the world, really, Coming to speak and to and to come to the event and just uh, kind of gather and, and unite and it was called Rock the Red. Uh, like I said, we had some some uh, good speakers there and uh, good. Was it good attendance? Is it a typical Trump type rally? Uh, 
you know, it was a lot more uh, passive than a, a typical Trump rally. This was it was more it was more of a conference hotel mm. kind of uh, setup, you know, okay. uh, with vendors and, and exhibitors. And I did a book signing and stuff like that. So it was a what was your, of a different. What was your part? What did you talk about? Well, I, I was the only Second Amendment voice at the uh, at the event, and I basically talked about terminology, how the anti-gun left uses terminology to demonize guns and gun owners. So I hit on a lot of the a lot of the things that people know about and they hear all the time, like the the gun violence and the ghost guns and the weapons of war and and all the big terms that they use to kind of boldly put this messaging out there. So I talked about that and I. I uh, I dissected a lot of that stuff and kind of explained why they use those things and how it affects the way we think about guns in America. And I got into some statistics, you know, and I talked about um, the, the number of defensive gun uses. You know, there's a huge number of defensive gun uses in America as opposed to the the very small amount of... of uh, Homicides. You know, Times guns at right, exactly. <clears throat> so... Um, so I talked a lot about that, those statistics and stuff and really made the case because the case is out there to yeah, make. It is. The problem is people just aren't making it. But I made the case for, uh, for gun ownership and, and the fact that gun ownership is a net positive to preserve life. And that's really what I talked about. And people really loved it. So, okay. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong. There are close to 3 million defensive gun uses every year in the country, right? Something well, like that? It, it depends. It depends what studies you look at. Now, there okay. are a couple that I that I go to. The, the big one that was in 1995 was by Gary Kleck and Mark Gertz, and yep. they, uh, Gary Kleck was a Florida criminologist. Yep. You guys are familiar with that. That was 2.5 million defensive gun uses per year. Okay. And uh, the interesting thing about that is that 46%, if you read that report and you get down deep into the details, you, you realize that 46% of those are women defending themselves with guns. And wow. over 95% of the time, the gun isn't even used. It's just yeah. the mere presence of a gun that stops the bad guy. So it, it, it's really just astonishing that we're not talking about this stuff more. Um, the funny thing about that study is the media tried covering up and they tried uh, they tried discrediting it for the longest time, and but the CDC came out with a report that showed 2.46 million, essentially the same number, and they held that report as long as they possibly could and they didn't release it. They were finally forced to release it, and what it basically did was it backed up the Kleck Gertz study. Um, and uh, and there's really no denying it. There was another college, I forget what college it was, Georgetown or some, some college who did a study that showed 1.67 million defensive gun uses per year, and while we're talking, I'll try to find that. Now, I think that CDC report was, is, it's kind of funny, but I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was initiated and then finally published under the Obama administration, and it completely backfired on them. <laughs> That's exactly it, yeah. Yeah, they didn't want that that information getting out. It was it was terrible for their for their narrative. And then uh, 2021 National Firearms Survey, uh, McDonough School of Business, Georgetown University, uh, they the study found 1.67 million defensive gun uses per year in America. 69.5 um, percent were handguns. 81.9 um, percent of the time, no shots fired. Wow! In your in your whole life, uh, do, do you have a do you have a defensive gun use story at all? I mean, not not necessarily pulling the trigger, but any kind of defensive gun use story. It it actually 
it, it actually was a time that I didn't have a gun that really changed my life. And um, I tell the story in Good Gun, Bad Guy, but I was, I was on the anti-gun side of this conversation for a while. Although I was raised in a pro-gun family, I kind of went anti-gun in my 20s, teens, and 20s because I was hanging with the wrong crowd. Hanging with the, I wasn't hanging with bank robbers or drug dealers. I was hanging with the anti-gun liberals, and, and that stuff gets in your head. So it happened to me, and, and which is why, I, which is why I, I write the way I write, because I started to see the, the lies and the, and, the, and the false narrative. But anyway, so... Well, I, I like you better now, of, Dan. <laughs> well, the people who matter like me more now. Yeah. Um, but um, my wife and I are coming out of a late night movie theater. And we had this run in with this guy, and um, it was, you know, we were fu- we were fine. We ended up fine, but it was just enough to make me realize that my job as a man, as a husband, as a father, is to protect my family. And that night, had it gone sideways, mm. I I don't think I would have been able to. So that night changed everything for me. It was just so it was kind of a. It was uh, that's my defensive gun story. It's a wow. story of when I didn't have a gun. Yeah. So okay. So let, let's go back over the numbers. So one and a half. And this, by the way, this isn't even what we're supposed to talk about. We're going to talk about what we're supposed to talk about in the next segment. I promise. Okay. But this is really interesting. So between one and a half and two and a half million times per year, somebody uses a firearm uh, defensively, not necessarily pulling the trigger. It could just be you know brandishing. Um, most uh, often it's brandishing. Most often it's brandishing. You said about half the time it's a woman. Yeah, exactly. Don't we want women to be able to protect themselves? Aren't we interested in in women being able to defend themselves? I, I don't understand why we would want women to be defenseless. So, so one and a half to two and a half million times per year, somebody stops the, stops a, a violent attack, possibly a murder, um, sure. but a violent attack, some kind of attack on on their on, on themselves. One and a half to two, two and a half million times a year, homicides. Uh, now, homicide is anytime someone dies. It, it's not necessarily. It doesn't matter what the cause was, right? It's just anytime one human right. kills another, or, 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 or is that right. what? There's a difference between homicide and murder. Right, murder is, implies that you're doing it uh, illegally or with with bad intent, I guess. Whereas a homicide could be it could be a suicide. Is, is a type of homicide? Is that right? Uh, good question. I'm not sure on that one, but if but they do qualify suicides differently. Okay. When they look at these uh, gun-related death uh, numbers. So how many non-suicide? Well, how many? How many homicides per year usually? Okay. Well, you got to take. We start with the number about thirty-six thousand gun-related deaths. So they love the, the anti-gun crowd says they love to say forty thousand. You know, gun murders, right? Yeah. Well, the truth is we have to take sixty percent of those out because sixty percent of those are suicides. Mm. And we can't keep those in there because we cannot attribute suicide to gun to guns because we understand now by looking at Australia and other countries that when you just in the absence of guns, suicides doesn't go down. As a matter yeah. of fact, in Australia, suicides actually ticked up a little bit after the big gun bans. So we have to take that out. So we're down to about fourteen thousand four hundred um, gun-related deaths, and that includes. Uh, law enforcement, and it includes gang violence. And the vast majority of that 14-4 is gang violence. So what would would happen if we took gang violence out? We'd be down to just about nothing, you know? And and the the interesting thing is that they focus on that 40,000 number, which is false, and they ignore the 2.5 million 
defensive gun uses. But even if it was even if it was forty thousand, even if you include the the very sad and tragic uh, reality that, that three what two thirds of that are, are suicides, forty thousand combined or compared to one and a half to two and a half million right. is is absolutely nothing. Okay, so we're gonna go to a commercial break, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about home manufactured firearms, Dan. All right, right here on Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six one. AM Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. Hey, well, you know, a lot of companies are really frustrated with their websites. It looks old. It's hard to update. It's not generating any leads. It smells. But you know what? Sage Tree gets it. Since 2005, Sage Tree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. Stop being embarrassed by your website and get one that you're proud to share. Contact Sage Tree today. To get a website that makes the phone ring. Getting started is super easy. Go to sagetree.com. Schedule a call. Go to sagetree.com. Press that schedule a call button and you'll be all set. All right, Michael. All right, we're talking to Dan Waz. He's the author of Good Gun, Bad Guy. Did I get it right, Dan? Yeah, you got it right, man. All right, brother. All right, so... Uh, we just had a whole cool conversation on uh, defensive gun use, which was really, really interesting. I, I appreciate that very much. We should probably we should get you out to the West Coast to give that same speech, man. We got to figure out a, a way to get you out here. Gun prom. I would. I would be happy to. Yeah, let, let's try to make it happen. I'd love to come out there and show people what real patriotism looks like. That'd be cool. Well, I knew you guys are doing a great job of it. Yeah. Well, you thank know. you. And we'll have who's your who's your guitar playing buddy out here? What was that dude's name? Oh, Todd Howarth. He played yeah. with with uh, he played keyboards for Cheap Trick. He played guitar for Ace Frehley. Yeah. Um, boy, Ted Nugent played with Ted Nugent. There you go. So bring your guitar. Okay. I I I, I play bass. Um, All right. Dave, uh, I don't know if you know this. Plays uh, the congos. I, I don't play nothing. Or the I bongos. Sing. <laughs> he sings. I sing. I do play bass. That'd be cool. You should seriously. We should go jam with that guy. That'd be cool, Dan. You come out here. I would love that. That would be I a would, highlight. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely try to make that happen. Let's try to do that. Do that at gun prom. And There's we'll our entertainment. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad idea, actually. It's not a bad idea. I know. All right, so home manufactured guns. So it, it's kind of ghost guns are a hot, hot, you know, that's the hot button these days, right? That's what yeah. the anti-gunners are all going after. Mm. I got to tell you, politically, strategically, the anti-gun folks way, way better 
than the pro gun folks. They do a really good job of picking one thing and they put all their effort towards it and they gain as much ground as they can possibly gain on it. Mm -hmm. They make it sound like it's the worst thing that's ever happened in the whole history of mankind. And then they get as much, they get as much restricted and taken away and banned as they can. And then they move on and they all concentrate on the next big thing. So right now what they're doing is they're concentrating on ghost guns, but what it's, what's they're, they're conflating the idea of ghost guns and home manufactured firearms um, in order to gain ground, in order to you know continue with their anti-gun agenda. So what do you make all this, Dan? Well, ghost guns is a term that I'm starting to notice is being used for a, a larger purpose. So basically when they talk about ghost guns, what they're talking about is any gun that can't be tracked or traced by the government. And they the implication of the term ghost guns, the implication is that guns should be traceable. Uh, this is astonishing to me that people would even would even go down that path because I don't remember reading in the Second Amendment, you know, uh, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed as long as the government can track your guns to your front door. <laughs> that was never in there. In other words, our founding fathers never had any intention of the government knowing who has guns, where they're located, and, and all that stuff. This is something that ghost, the term ghost guns, is. it implies that it's some outrageous notion that these guns can't be traced. Well, I think that was the original intent. Anyway, so, so that's, that's my, first, my first piece on ghost guns. But the real reason that, they, that they're pushing this term is because the, they, they always, if you notice, they always push something, and then they have yeah. a solution to solve the problem, right? Right. So their solution to ghost the so-called ghost guns that can't be traced is what? Universal background checks, right? Because now they're saying, well, these ghost guns are out in the streets and they're, and they're roaming around the cul-de-sac and, and we don't know where they are and they're scary and, and people who don't know any better get scared of the term ghost guns. Oh, my God, what is it? Well, so the idea then is, well, we can fix the problem, they say. We just need universal background checks. All right. So... Why do they want universal background checks so, so badly? And that is because every gun will be registered and will be traced. And that, that means family members, you know, exchanging guns, friends exchanging guns, all have to go through an FFL, the, the serial numbers get registered. So the idea there is to know where the guns are, who has them, uh, who they're registered to, and all that stuff. And, and now here's, the, here's the, the, the clincher of all this. Why would they want to be pushing universal background checks at the same time that we hear so much about red flag laws? Remember swatting. Swatting was a, was yeah. a thing where you could turn in your neighbors and, and, and the, the cops would come and, and harass the gun owner. Uh, but no, no, no reason. You could do it for any reason. You saw a gun in public at the Kroger grocery store or whatever. Um, you could call the cops and they, and they would even say, let the cops sort it out. Well, swatting turned into... Uh, red flag laws or extreme risk protection orders, which is actually legislation in some states that say you can, the cops can come in, you can accuse somebody of being a danger to society, the cops can come, confiscate the guns, and figure it out later. Yeah. And California's so, a big, big, big champion of that malarkey. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really horrible. Uh, it really, truly is a, a law that allows others to be predatory against gun owners. Well, and here's the thing that I started to notice is that the reason universal background checks or gun registry are, are being pushed simultaneously or in tandem with with red flag laws is because you know 
once you know where the guns are with universal background checks in a registry, you'll need the vehicle in place to confiscate them, which is the red flag laws. I mean, these two, it's like peanut butter and jelly. These two go together. And I don't think a lot of people recognize it, which, which is scary to me. So that's why I try to point that stuff out. Interesting. So what, what do you think? I mean, it's, you know, where, where do we go from here with this? What's the future so look been, like? We, we, we fight it. We fight it back at every yeah. step of the way. We don't compromise with anything. I, I want, I'm not going to compromise on bump stocks. I'm not going to compromise on anything, magazine capacity restrictions. I'm not going to compromise on anything because the minute we do, you guys know what happens. They, they take that and they go for more. And pretty soon, I mean, here, look where we are. You know, you guys, I'm in New York, so I'm not any better off than you. Um, we have a two-tier permitting system, which is absolutely ridiculous. We've got a one-year waiting period, um, you, you know, for, to carry a gun in public. And you guys, uh, you got crazy gun laws there, too, because, because we didn't speak up. We didn't support our gun uh, rights organizations enough. They didn't have the money. I, I always believe in supporting the state, your state-run gun rights uh, organization, and also at least one or two of your national gun rights organizations, because they're the ones in court. They're the ones fighting these these ridiculous gun laws, and we have to just keep fighting them back. It, um, it's crazy, you know. And we didn't even plan on talking about the you know the red flag logs like uh, gun violence restraining orders. But um, I don't. I, you probably don't probably don't know this, but the sheriff in San Diego uh, stepped down, and we're we're in the middle of an election. And the you know you're talking about you know support and fight back and you know all that other good stuff, and you're absolutely right on. The Republicans endorsed a guy who doesn't he supports red flag laws and gun launch restraining orders not only does he support them in his job as city attorney in san diego he actually helped spread them to other jurisdictions so he took it upon himself got they got a a grant from the state to go to other law enforcement agencies and and not just say hey here's how you implement these red flag laws but basically say hey take these red flag laws and turn them into standard operating procedure and almost any time a gun's involved well, I've been on the. I, I, I've been writing about. I write for Amelin, and I've been writing about the Flo- Florida, which should have been the 25th uh, constitutional carry state, and the, and it failed because there's Rhino Republicans in Florida in the Florida legislature who've been dragging their feet now for the third year in a row on constitutional carry because they're the same guys who supported the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Yeah. Uh, bill which uh, included red flag laws and age requirements and, it, and, all and Dan it's so bad I propose we stop saying rhino Republican in name only I propose we just start calling Republicans because it, re, over and over again it's just I what know. they support you know so anyway Dan thank you so much man always a pleasure can't wait to get you out here uh, thanks for your time keep up the fight thank my man appreciate it alright you. You we're going to take a quick break but next Kelly Martinez we've endorsed her for San Diego Sheriff and you're going to find out a lot more all about her right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. San Diego County gun owners endorsed Kelly Martinez for sheriff of San Diego County. We're going to talk to her next. Hey, folks, did you know we have a world-class training school at San Diego Flight Training International? That's right. 
Pilots can fly 360 out of 365 days a year. And they're, they're close to the ocean, the desert. They have mountains. And we're right next to an international border and a major military base. San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly in the heart of San Diego right at Montgomery Field. Getting started is easy. Just give them a call at 858-569-1822. You can learn to fly with SDFTI. That's 858-569-1822. One of the most important votes you can cast this June is for San Diego County Sheriff. We have a uh, essentially an open seat. Sheriff Gore uh, stepped down, retired. He's uh, every day Saturday for him. And uh, so we have, uh, I think we have, we're up to seven candidates that are running for, for sheriff, and it's an extremely important position. San Diego County Gun Owners, I am very proud to say, has done more vetting on all the candidates than any group out there, any organization, any writer. And we came to the very obvious conclusion that uh, Kelly Martinez, who's the current undersheriff, is by far the best candidate for the job. So she is currently the undersheriff. She's been with the department for over 30 years. We invited her on the air to talk more, but as uh, not as the undersheriff, as the candidate to be the next sheriff of San Diego County. Kelly, are you there? I'm here. Welcome yep. to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you, and, and I agree. I, I appreciate so much all the vetting that you've done, and I appreciate the support that I've been given. Thanks so much. You bet. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations on your endorsement. We're very much uh, very proud to back you for uh, Sheriff of San Diego County, and thank you for all the things that you've done uh, to support and earn our uh, our endorsement. So why don't we start with, uh, tell us about your background and basically paint the picture. Tell us uh, why your background makes you the most qualified to be sheriff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I've been on the sheriff's department for 37 years. I've worked my way through the ranks, and I'm currently the undersheriff. I run the day-to-day -day operations of the department, and the sheriff's department is responsible for public safety services for over 4,200 square miles of unincorporated San Diego County. We have nine contract cities, 18 Indian reservations. We manage the jails and security at the courthouses. It's over a $1.1 billion budget with 4,700 staff positions, and I've worked in every part of this county, in every part of our department. There's no one with my experience or my qualifications to be sheriff. I have the endorsement of our rank-and-file deputies, as well as the Chiefs and Sheriff Association of this county. I'm endorsed by law enforcement throughout the state, and it's just really imperative that the next sheriff can work with and has the trust and respect of law enforcement. Now, did you work your way through each department and each section of the sheriff's department? Was was it in the back of your, Has it been in the back of your head for a while that, hey, I'm doing this so that I can be the best candidate for sheriff because I eventually want to be the sheriff? Or when did you come to that conclusion? Yeah, no, not really. I was a deputy and a detective and an investigator for 22 years. I spent uh, about 17 years in our special investigations division working narcotics and gangs and a variety of things. I kind of had to be talked into promoting the sergeant. I was really, in, uh, really enjoyed that time as a deputy. And then, you know, I just uh, as a sergeant, lieutenant, captain and all of the other ranks, I, I just was um, really involved in, in every rank and I really enjoyed the job at every rank. I didn't think about becoming sheriffs until I was asked. Uh, by former Sheriff Gore and, and others uh, to take on uh, this this job, and that was uh, last year. So, and you know, the, so I've frequently said that Sheriff is a it's it's a it's really a very different um, it's different from other offices uh, because there's there's a necessary skill set that's required for the job. You know, a lot of the uh, city council or assembly or whatever, really, we just want to know, hey, what's your opinion on stuff? Uh, they don't really actually have to have any 
skill or talent. They're gonna every assembly member and city council member is gonna love that I said that. But um, but the reality is there really is a very necessary skill set when it comes to being sheriff. So what you know, what makes the sheriff such a complicated position? Yeah, you know the sheriff's unique. There's only 58 sheriffs in the entire state of California. And unlike a police chief, the sheriff's elected and works for the public. Uh, the chief uh, works for the mayor and the city council, where the sheriffs really have to be answered, has to answer to the public. And the entire county votes for the sheriff. It's 3.3 million people in this county. It's not a district or a city office. And the sheriff is critical to public safety in the entire region. Uh, the sheriff coordinates the regional response to critical incidents such as fires, riots, things like that and uh, supports all of the other law enforcement agencies in, in the county. The sheriff is responsible for the jails, which other agencies are not, and a multitude of other public safety functions. We're the only agency that contracts to m- municipalities in the, in the region, school districts, tribal nations, organizations, and other law enforcement agencies for services. So, so then what's the danger? What's the real danger of not knowing what you're doing as sheriff? Well, as I said earlier, the responsibilities of the sheriff are are pretty immense. Uh, You can't learn our organization, the 4,700 staff and all of our functions, uh, the communities we serve. uh, And, you know, you can't learn that on the job and still be an effective leader. Uh, The communities depend on a knowledgeable, experienced, and professional law enforcement leader. Uh, It'd be impossible to understand the complexities of this job on day one uh, without that experience. And that lack of knowledge and experience could really seriously derail public safety and all of the projects and priorities that we're moving forward right now. So, okay. So in a court, when I ask people, Hey, I'm going to interview Kelly Martinez. What do you want to know about? I think, you know, 99.9% of the responses were of course, CCW related. Um, when you took over as under sheriff, you and I met, um, and you committed in our first meeting, uh, to improving the CCW process, which you did. I was very, very impressed with uh, with what you did and how 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 you did it. And, you know, basically you, you, you said, hey, you know what? I don't have solutions yet. But then you found solutions, you implemented them, and it really made it a true difference in the process, which I very much appreciate. But why was that important to you? Well, it's important to understand really how broken our system was. Um, the wait time for a first appointment with our licensing staff was two years in some cases. And that was really unacceptable. Um, I care about people's right to protect themselves. And it simply wasn't fair that someone who qualified under the law for, <clears throat> excuse me, for a concealed carry permit had to wait two years to start that process. Uh, I had our staff look at every aspect of our process because we had, you know, a set number of staff. I couldn't increase staff and couldn't increase the size of the offices they worked in. So we wanted to look at our process and what we were doing. And one of the fixes that we made was to allow renewals uh, to, to occur in the mail. Uh, that simple change opened up in-person appointments and we could fill those with first-time applicants. And I understand now the wait time is a matter of weeks. And I've gotten a couple of phone calls from individuals that got in for their first appointment within a couple of days. And some of your opponents have said, you know, well, they're simply going to hire more staff. That's that's their solution, which really truly shows that they don't understand the complexity and they don't understand the problem. If you hire simply hire more staff, you, you know, how, where are you getting the money? You know, you have to work within a budget. Yeah. That budget is handed to you by 
uh, the, the county board, you know, you're, they we work with you really well, and you actually help them, uh, you know, expand the budget, which is great. But if 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 uh, somebody comes in and just says, "Well, gee, I'm just going to hire more people. I'm going to get five or six or ten or whatever more people," okay, so you're going to take deputies off the street, and if so, have you talked to the union with the agreement? You know, it's it's a it's an enormously complicated process, and for you to work within your limitations that you had and still get the job done was was really really amazing okay so your values and the issues that you talk about as, as far as 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 priorities they're not they're not partisan um you know you talk about like safety and, and efficiency like we were just talking about with ccws and transparency and following the law you chose to run as a democrat uh there are people who are going to vote for you based entirely on the fact that you're running as a democrat but there are also people that will not vote for you based entirely on the fact that you're running as a Democrat. What do you think about that? Well, like you said, the sheriff's nonpartisan. And the most important thing to understand about the sheriff is that the responsibility of, of that role to protect everyone in our, in our county, regardless of party affiliation. So I'm a career law enforcement professional. Uh, policy, politics don't enter, enter into my job. I believe in protecting victims in making communities safe and in providing the highest quality public safety service possible. I'm also strongly supportive of our deputies and I'll provide them the support, the training and the tools that they need to do their job. At the same time, you know, law enforcement must be transparent in our process and accountable to the public we serve. And that's got nothing to do with party affiliation. I think everyone expects that of law enforcement. I, that, and that sounds great, but what would you tell somebody who only votes Republican, but they're thinking about voting for you? Well, I, I do understand that there are differences between Democrats and Republicans, of course. Uh, I know that we all share the same thoughts about public safety, though. We all want to feel safe. And I know that if I'm given the opportunity that I'll earn your trust and you will like the job that I'm going to do for you. It, it is complicated. It's amazing. I I can't believe, you know, San Diego County Gun Owners, we're a nonpartisan organization, and we're do, we do that on purpose. We, we decided when we created San Diego County Gun Owners, that we had to be nonpartisan. Because if we were partisan, you know, what's the point? Why, why, if, we just, if we only paid attention to Republicans, uh, why not just be the Republican Party? And I think it's really important that we find uh, Democrats who support the Second Amendment and Republicans who support the Second Amendment, and we don't care, um, you know, what their party affiliation is. We only care what they're going to do for, for gun owners, which you have a proven track record, which really, truly makes you unique amongst all your your opponents that are running you're the only one that's actually done something and everybody else says that they're going to do something or claims that they want to do something but really truly you're the only one that has a track record of actually doing something and helping um which we very much appreciate um but the the, i I had no idea just how dedicated I, i should say i had no idea i'm surprised at just how dedicated people are to um to uh, to the party that they've chosen, and I got to tell you, if you're out there um, and you're dedicated to a party so much that it causes you to overlook a candidate that is clearly a better candidate, who's clearly a better choice, I think it's time to reevaluate why you're dedicated to that party. Because Kelly, you just done an amazing job. So we have to go to a commercial. We're going to come back with the second half, and we I have a bunch of other questions here that I'm going to ask you. Um, I, w- I really want to make sure that we get you on record and talk about some of these important issues. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate everything so far. It's going really, really great. Thank you, Kelly. Hang in there, Kelly. Yeah. All right, folks, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. 
right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. slash Alpine. Hey, if you're looking to buy, refi, or if you're just considering a reverse mortgage, you can call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. They make it easy. They can work with a friendly expert team that will help you get the best deal on mortgages. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com slash alpine. All right, we're talking to Kelly Martinez, candidate for San Diego, San Diego County Sheriff, endorsed by San Diego County gun owners. Kelly, you've been asked a lot in uh, some of your interviews on the hot-button topic of the day, which is ghost guns. Uh, it seems to be the issue of the day for, for anti-gunners, and there's just a whole big discussion going on around it. What's your opinion on ghost guns, and what's your opinion on, really, on crime statistics involving guns in general? Well, I, I think everyone's recognizing that we do have an increase in violence in our country right now. We have... Uh, you know, and some of that increase involves gun violence. It's important to focus on the individuals that are committing those crimes, uh, not the acts themselves. You know, the individuals are what's important and, and where we can prevent those crimes. So, you know, that really begins with taking guns away from criminals. Uh, I'm not going after law-abiding citizens. I'm going after criminals who have guns, and, and that's where we need to focus. Um, it's necessary to take those guns away from the criminals to stop the gun violence. I appreciated your perspective on KUSI, where you you said similar. You basically uh, were, were focused on on criminals. Your entire the entire context of your job in thirty whatever you said thirty seven years, you know you're, you're dealing with criminals. You're not going after the law abiding, which is another reason I think people need to treat the sheriff's race a little bit differently because it's the policymakers like the assemblymen and, and, and women and, and state senators. They're the ones that are going after law abiding citizens. <laughs> They're the ones that are, you know, making laws that apply to the law abiding. Um, you know, you're the sheriff, you're, you're going after criminals. And I think you've done a very good job of, of distinguishing that, you know, between, or I should say distinguishing between, uh, you know, Hey, look, I want dangerous criminals uh, to, uh, you know, I'm going to, that's who I'm going after. I'm not going after the law abiding. And I truly appreciate that. So, when elected, what are your priorities going to be? You know, so the, the number one priority for myself and for, for most law enforcement agencies right now is to hire staff. We're, we're all short, really short-staffed, critically short-staffed, and we, we can't continue to keep our community safe or manage the jails without enough staff. So that's really key right now. It's also important that we invest in the jails. Uh, we need a lot of renovations and infrastructure upgrades to our jails, and that's going to help keep our staff and the individuals in our custody safe. Uh, and it's not new that I have always prioritized uh, public safety and protecting victims of crime. So, so Kelly, this is Dave. Um, my question uh, to you is, it's fine and good. The administration has finally realized they're going to have to jump some money into law enforcement. But what is going to cause uh, uh, somebody coming out of college or, or they're, that's at the age to become a police officer to make that step? Because it's not about money. It's about the way they're being treated, I think. No, you're right. You know, we can't really win the salary wars, and that's what I keep telling, you know, my recruiters and my hiring folks is that we need to be the better place to work. We need to make sure that people understand that they have value, that they're respected, that their jobs 
count and that they matter. And, you know, most of us go into this job to help our communities and, and to be the difference in our communities and to make our communities safer. So, you know, we really need to ping on those those motivators and those things that matter. And, and then, you know, obviously people need to be compensated well, but they need to be supported by their communities and their government and their sheriffs. So uh, we're doing all of those things for the sheriff's department. So the the next most popular question I got, which I really want to I really want to make sure that we cover after CCWs, has to do with gun violence restraining orders. I have heavily criticized one of your opponents um, for, for, and I don't think this distinction has really been uh, realized enough and explained enough. But I've heavily criticized one of your opponents for not just executing gun violence restraining orders, but spreading them and making them basically standard operating procedure in different law enforcement uh, offices across the state, you know, different departments and, and uh, law enforcement departments. What's your view on gun violence restraining orders? Well, I think what's important to understand is why the gun violence restraining orders or the red flag laws exist. So, you know, we had a, two really horrible incidents reported today. One was in Buffalo, New York, and another one in Laguna Hills, uh, where there were numerous people shot uh, and killed. And it's, um, I've responded to two of those mass shootings during my career as well. Uh, one was Santana High School and one was the Chabad shooting in Poway, I think it was three years ago now. And it's really terrible what the families go through. And my heart goes out to all of them, the victims. And I understand that fear and the chaos those situations create and the desire to prevent gun violence through legislation. But, uh, you know, we need to stop the gun violence. And I don't think GVRO should be standard operating procedure. Um, there are a lot of tools that law enforcement can use to take guns away from criminals. Uh, prohibited persons should not have guns. People with controlled substance, illegal controlled substances, certain incidences with mental illness, domestic violence, and felons. You know they should not have guns, and that will help us prevent violence if we if we follow those prohibited persons uh, laws and other things. And I'm really, as I said before, just focused on criminals and criminal acts to lessen the violent crime increases that we're seeing right now. Which and that's the law. That's the law. You were talking about prohibited people, um, you know, not having firearms. That's the law. The problem with gun violence restraining order, and particularly gun violence restraining orders, and the problem with spreading them, is that uh, they they go. They're taking guns away from people that haven't been convicted, or, or in some cases haven't even uh, haven't been even been accused of um, of uh, breaking the law. And making those, and they were originally, as you said, designed. It was out of the desire to try to prevent some of these really highly emotional, um, uh, you know, incidences where multiple people are killed. And uh, we all, we all want to stop those. We all want to be a part of that. But, but you know, taking guns away from people that haven't convicted a crime, you know, that's not the answer. And certainly, not using them as designed. The gun violence restraining orders. Uh, they're designed to be red flag laws, not using them as designed, rather using them as standard operating procedures. Even worse. It's even worse. Now, you have been, you said you were in the police, or, or I'm sorry, a deputy for 37 years, right? 37 plus? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So have you ever had any problem uh, with the law or in any way taking guns from dangerous criminals? Oh, absolutely not. You know, I've spent, as you said, you know, almost four decades in this job. Uh, I've seen a lot of crime, and I'm dedicated to pr- protecting victims and just taking guns away from criminals. Uh, y- you know, and that's necessary to protect people. We can prevent a lot of crime if we get in front of that stuff. So. And, and and you've been endorsed by a lot of different people um, with a lot of different political views. You've been endorsed by, you know, people like uh, the mayor in San Diego, Todd Gloria, and uh, Supervisor Joel Anderson. And those two have very different political views. 
Uh, they're not on the same page, you know, on, on, on anything, you know, except they both agree that you're the most qualified for the job. Um, some of the people that have endorsed you are big fans of CCWs. Some of the people that have not, or that have endorsed you, are not big fans. What's when you're elected? What's your plan for CCWs in San Diego? You know, I'm I'm really proud of our CCW program as it is right now. It's it's efficient. It works the way that it should, and I stand by it. You know, we have, uh, as I said, an efficient system where applicants are screened. Uh, they attend training on safe handling of a firearm. And I, I think the, the background check we do and everything ensures uh, that people who are issued CCWs are, are qualified to have them. And I'll continue to support and defend the, our current process. But so the people, some of the people that have endorsed you who don't like CCWs, can your views be changed on issuing CCWs by those who have endorsed you and don't like CCWs? You know, I, th- I think it's important to understand that when you're endorsed by, by someone, it's because, as you said before, that they believe you're the right candidate for the job, that you're the most qualified and experienced. And I think that's why I've earned the endorsements I've gotten. I think that's why there's such a broad range of endorsements. As you said, you know, people from very different uh, political views. But I, I really stand by the process that we've got now, and I don't think my views will change on that. So since COVID a couple of years ago, it's been a uh, – really interesting and complicated world, especially for law enforcement. Um, what did you learn? Well, the pandemic has been extremely challenging for law enforcement. I learned that law enforcement's not the entity to enforce public health orders. You know, we, we're short-staffed. We have public safety obligations and priorities that we really need to focus on. And uh, I don't want to task highly trained deputy sheriffs to enforce man- mask mandates, for instance. So. Wow. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, no kidding. Um, any regrets? You know, not to me. Just, you know, I regret that we weren't able to. We were so busy with the pandemic and all of the social unrest and everything that we were trying to manage and handle that our staff uh, has really suffered. Everybody's, uh, you know, everybody got fatigued and, and some of the, uh, you know, morale went down. So we're building all that back up again. We're getting back to where we were before. We had to let go of some of the things that make people feel good, you know, some of our recognition for our employees and things like that, that were more, you know, gathering focused, you know, uh, promotions and, uh, you know, ceremonies and things like that have started back up again. I'm really happy to say we're having a graduation ceremony this week. That's going to be much more back to normal. That's going to help us get back to where we were. So, well, I got to tell you the the people in licensing, which is really, that's the most amount of contact I have. Fortunately, (laughs) that's the most amount of contact I have with the (laughs) sheriff's department or the folks in licensing. They're wonderful. If there's anything you can do to uh, to reward them, and I get nothing but positive feedback from the now thousands of new CCWs that have been uh, issued. I get nothing but co- positive feedback from applicants. They tell me, "Oh, they're great. They're helpful." Uh, you know, um, even even back when there was a really long wait, they still had uh, they're still very complimentary of the clerks and licensing. So. If there's anything you can do, there's an employee of the month parking spot or, or anything you can do um, now or, or, or after the election, um, please do, because they've just been absolutely wonderful. I really, truly appreciate it. You know the best way to really help them? When they're at a restaurant, buy them a breakfast. Buy them go. lunch. There you go. They're totally blown away when you do it. I actually, I tried, you know, you know, to be honest with you, I was like, you know, gosh, we should. They're we should not s- going to eat spaghetti no. for Denny's. <laughs> There's They're not going to do it. I'm like telling you. It's really good. You got to try it. No, it's not. I was going to, I was like, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's send them a bunch of pizzas and just thank them. And they're like, nope, nope. Can't do anything like that. Not even close. Yeah. That's, that's you know, a no, no. The thing is just 
the, the thank you goes a long way and yeah. the appreciation. I know you've complimented our licensing staff a number of times and they really do believe in good customer service. And I, I see that across the board with all of our, with all of our deputies, all of our staff. It's, it, it's hard when you're under understaffed and overworked, but yep. you're doing a good job. So, so I live in Alpine and I can't thank the sheriff department enough. I yeah, just right. can't. So last question, what do you, we talked about some controversial stuff, things that people wanted to know. What are you most proud of in your career? You know, this may sound a little corny, but we've never had this happen in our history. So I'm I'm proud to be the first woman to achieve the rank of undersheriff in, oh. in this county. And I would, yeah, I'd be even more proud to be the first female sheriff. But, you know, most importantly, I know that I'm the most experienced and qualified person for the next sheriff. So I really appreciate uh, you for highlighting this race and for, for endorsing and supporting me. That's great. Thank well, you, Kelly. What's yeah. your website? Yeah, what's your website? At kellymartinezforsheriff.com. And we have a pretty good track record. If we endorse you, there's a good chance you'll make it. So you you'll, you'll you'll owe Michael a spaghetti dinner at <laughs> Not Denny's. Me. Not me. There's a lot I'm of not- people involved. <laughs> not well, that I do- Not that I wouldn't go have spaghetti with you, Kelly. Yeah, that sounds delicious. I, 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 but I'm just saying. Always, <laughs> no, it's got to be terrible. It's, it's actually really good. It can't be. All right. Thank you very much, Sheriff. We'll talk to you down the road. Yeah, thank you both. Have a good night. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. Boy, do we live in a time where the mainstream media and politicians are trying to eliminate your ability to defend yourself. Well, California gun rosters only stops you, the law-abiding gun owners, from having the newest, safest, most reliable handguns. The assault weapons have only stops you. The law-abiding gun owners have from having the most popular, easy-to-use rifle to protect yourself and your loved ones. Even the high-capacity mag ban only limits you, the law-abiding gun owners, from having more than 10 rounds. Criminals and the government don't have that limit. So help us restore and defend the Second Amendment. Hit that like and subscribe button and share this show with all your friends. All right, everybody. So what's the time for? It's time for um, Action Jackson's not here, so I'm going to have to – got to figure out how to read this question myself. Action, I hope you're out there listening, bud. Um, He's with Flash Gordon. Did you see that picture? No, I didn't. He's with Flash what? Literally? Yeah, he's, there's a picture of him on his Instagram with Flash Gordon. I'll be there. Are you serious? Did you just say that randomly? Well, it's because it says right here at the bottom. How was oh, your picture okay. with Flash Gordon? Yeah, I was so jealous. So you know Flash Jordan. Flash no, Jordan. Flash, Flash Gordon, Gordon is my idol. He he lives here in San Diego. He does not. I swear he does. The, oh, the, the new savior one. of the universe. He's Listen. for every one of us. Yeah, but see, I from the old Flash Gordon back in the fifties. Oh, geez, Dave. Yeah, you used to be able to watch it during intermissions. <laughs> it's if you were a good attendance. No, this is the real Flash, Flash Gordon in nineteen eighty one. I think. Quarterback, New York Jets. I digress. All right. Anyway, I, I feel like I'm the only I'm the only guy in San Diego that's never met Flash Gordon, and I'm, I also feel like I'm the only guy in San Diego that cares. I really want to meet him. Well, we'll, All right, we'll hook you up. <clears throat> Good. All right. Hey, Sam, you there? Uh, yeah. How are you guys? Good. Do you have an opinion on Flash Gordon? <laughs> um, 
not not a particularly strong opinion. I saw the movie when I was a kid. It was all right. All right. Good. Nice. All right. So we have uh, every week we uh, we quiz my nephew Sam the Gunman. Uh, if you send in a question, we use it on the air. You get a hat or a shirt. If you stump my nephew, we're going to get a special prize. Last time we gave tickets to Gun Prom. Gun Prom coming up June eighteenth. If you want to join us at Gun Prom and have a lot of fun, go to gunprom.com. Buy tickets for as little as $99. It's a good time. Join us at Gun Prom. Um, okay, Sam, here it goes. This is uh, Miguel from Huntington Beach writes in. He wants to know what makes the Altor 9mm unique. Who is that? Miguel from where? Hun- Huntington Beach. Miguel from Huntington Beach. Uh, thanks for writing in. The Altor 9mm, uh, I, I, I hope I'm thinking of the right gun here. Um, this was, this, this made a big splash in, in the firearm media a couple of years ago. It's, it's basically a, uh, this is the single shot pistol, right? That thing, that, like the really cheap one. <laughs> you tell me. I think, it's, it's like, I think you're on the right track, yeah. You're on okay. the right track. So it's this, it, it's this really, like, it, it was designed to be, basically as inexpensive as as possible and i mean um it, yeah it's it's fun to make fun of uh taurus and and high point pistols for being not of particularly high build quality but this is on entirely another level it's a single shot nine millimeter or i think 380 pistol um the trigger is like you you hold back the striker and then release the trigger and it releases the striker it doesn't even have a proper sear in it. Um, it the frame is made of injection molded plastic, and I think the only metal components are the breech block and the striker and the barrel. And it was supposedly designed for um, executing wounded animals. <laughs> is that a, I didn't realize there was such a big need. I didn't either. So they they designed it for like. Like I don't even know who who executes wounded animals. Well, if you run over a skunk, right, and you want to, you know, get you don't want to back over it. Or, yeah, you so just they, walk out and shoot it. So they should just start. Uh, they just get like, you know, all the major car manufacturers just include one in the in the glove compartment. Exactly. That's what I do. I, I really wonder who that was sold to. Are they um, still selling them? I I don't know because I would imagine that most um, livestock ranchers in the United States probably already own a better gun. Um, yeah, this is the United States. Uh, so I, I, I kind of like, yes, I'm all for people with, with limited means to be able to, uh, obtain a firearm to defend themselves. Right. But you get to a certain point in terms of poor quality firearms where for people with legitimate need, um, it's probably doing more harm than good to, to give them the illusion of this really cheap gun that they think they can effectively defend themselves with. And on the other side of that, um, it creates a, a more robust market for uh, those who want to obtain firearms illegally. Plus, so it's, I'm, I'm, it's a. Si- I, I don't like these kind of Saturday night special zip guns. So you don't sell those at your store. We do not. Plus, it's a single shot nine millimeter, and one shot of nine millimeter is one sixteenth the amount of nine millimeter that you need. If you ask any Glock guy. Okay, so it says here, single-shot firearms are simple, but the Altor, I think I'm saying that right, is simpler than most. It consists of six parts in total. 
and looks like a hot glue gun. Another unique feature is that it is a quasi-slam fire gun. When you pull the trigger fully to the rear, the gun doesn't fire. Only when you release the trigger uh, it, is it set to fire. Interestingly, this trigger takes part of the human element out of it. You can't fudge your trigger pull. Oh, that is kind of interesting. Pair that with the fixed barrel, and the gun is surprisingly accurate. Once you get used to the trigger, it's easy to score tight little groups. Although, you know, you got one shot, so that's that. Yeah, one, that's, one, one that's hole is a pretty a tight, tight group. group. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's awesome, man. That's so, a win. Uh, Correct! Good job. You saved me tickets to gun prom yet again. Um, Miguel from Huntington Beach will send you. Actually, Miguel from Huntington Beach, we're going to send you Orange County gun owners stuff. There you go. Yeah, and look on our on our on all the websites: San Diego County gun owners, Orange County gun owners, Inland Empire gun owners. You're, we now have our shop up and running. Um, you'll be able to buy San Diego County gun owners stuff. Orange County gun owner stuff is coming. Same with Inland Empire, and then we also have. Sam, we also have a uh, Gun Owners Radio t-shirt that will be revealed at a later date. At the prom. Yeah. Well, not, well, probably, I don't know. Maybe. But it'll be revealed your, and at a later date. Get your sewing machine out. <laughs> so, Sam, you just took a trip somewhere. You, you were on a field trip. Where did you go? Uh, yeah, I was on a field trip. Um, some, of you, uh, some of you in the listening audience may know that I moonlight as a freelance writer for Leatherneck Magazine, the magazine of the Marine Corps. Um, and a trade show was uh, a trade show w- took place this past week in Washington D.C. called Modern Day Marine, and it's it's basically as, as the name suggests, it's an expo for all sorts of uh, companies in the military industrial complex working on all sorts of stuff that the Marine Corps is already buying or that they want to sell to the Marine Corps and, and hopefully get contracts for. So um, not just firearms and and parts and accessories but also um, web gear and um, vehicles and and all sorts of interesting stuff like that wow what would would you see yeah was it cool uh, yeah it was very cool um, I uh, I'm actually sort of in the middle of uh, doing a quick write-up on uh, kind of a sampler of all the interesting stuff we saw but um, give us a sample of your sample. Okay. Uh, I talked to the, the guys at Trigicon. They were really nice. They, um, of course, they make excellent optics for, for, I mean, anyone, probably anyone who's ever used a Trigicon scope uh, probably knows that the, the glass is excellent and the tubes themselves are almost bomb-proof. Um, I talked to... Trigicon's big, their big scope for, well, for the Marine Corps was, the, Trigicon's the ACOG, right? Yes, they do make the ACOG, um, known in Marine Corps service as the RCO and the MDO. They have a couple of different ones. It, um, it, is, a, it is amazingly clear. The glass on an ACOG is amazingly clear. Oh, yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's on a whole other level. What were they, what were they featuring? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, they had a, a whole bunch of stuff, kind of a sampler of their whole product line. Um, I took a look through uh, one of their low-power variable optics that they've started selling to the Marines, uh, called the SDO. It's a variant of their VCOG 1 to 8 by 24. Same great glass, same very robust build quality, or so it seemed. I mean, I obviously I didn't slam the thing against a concrete wall to test it. You didn't do that. Okay, good. Pretty pretty impressive stuff. It's a good way to to not get invited back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else? What's the other? What's something else that was really impressive that you saw? Um, lots of really lightweight belt-fed machine guns, um, which. 
I mean, first of all, that's that's really cool because belt-fed machine guns are usually really heavy. Um, as those of you who carried one in military service can can definitely attest to M60s, M240s, 249s. Yep. Uh, they're pretty chunky, yep. and a few different companies are working on much lighter ones. It's also kind so, of funny because the Marine Corps has started to move away from that concept, but uh, the technology was, was interesting. So they're trying to fulfill all your lightweight dreams, yeah. <laughs> belt-fed machine gun needs. What, what kind of vehicles were on display? I just have to ask. Um, we actually saw a lot of unmanned vehicles or optionally manned vehicles. Uh, um, there are a few different companies working on uh, trying to create some, some kind of a multi-purpose vehicle that you don't need to put a person inside of. And if you can take the person out of it, then you can really simplify a lot of things. Sure. Your training for remote operators, um, it's safer because the, the person operating it is not actually inside of it. Um, you can make the whole thing smaller and more compact because you don't need a seat and you don't need all those controls. And so you can you can have this uh, way to remotely move supplies around. Cool. All right, buddy. Thanks again. That was a wonderful show. As usual, you have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you next week. You too. Thanks for having me on, and thanks, everyone, for listening. All right. Hey, folks, subscribe to our show. Give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify. And please support all our great sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, PRMI Mortgage, Sage Street Digital Marketing, Seal One, Leo Hamill, Fine Jewelry, San Diego Flight Training International. Big thanks to Michael Schwartz and Brendan Thomas right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer! This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.